19. We're uh, May 15th. And uh, guess what, folks? Cannabis prohibition still rages. It's um, pretty frustrating because I'm I'm looking at a at a text message telling me something that's missing from an order. And I've got people trying to partner up in businesses all over the place. I've got people talking to me about license this and legal that and trying to buy and sell and horse trade. And uh, yesterday I had a guy come over, and he has a daughter who has a condition called Rett's Syndrome. And I don't know a whole lot about it other than it's a, a brain uh, situation. And um, the doctors, the doctors, okay, these are the doctors that everybody is so committed to. You know, the doctors must tell us what to do. Uh, the doctors that peddle the FDA products and that must tell us what's safe and what's not. And this guy tells me that his doctors, whole team of doctors told him, well, you know, your daughter's going to pretty much just sit in a corner and not be able to talk. And you've got to just kind of get over that. Well, this family, this, I think the wife was really largely responsible for doing the research, but she found cannabis therapy and um, found out that certain ratios of um, oil, CBD, THC, and so forth uh, didn't entirely reverse it, but this daughter is able to walk and talk, and she is uh, uh, more or less functioning as a human being. Very unlike what her doctors, who peddle all the FDA-compliant products, said would even be possible. And this guy came over, and I gave him some things. And I said, you know, uh, we don't know what's going to work, if anything's going to work, but just try it out. This, this, this round's on me. And he says, oh, no, 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 I want to pay for this. I says, well tell you what, if you insist on paying anything, then you can donate to the human solution. And I said, well, what's that? And I said, well, you're in a situation where you need a whole bunch of oil, a bunch of cannabis oil, right? Yep. Well, well why don't you just go to the legal dispensary? Oh, well, do you know how much they charge? And they don't have everything that I need, and, and, you know, I started kind of stammering a little bit, and I said, you're right. I says, well, why don't you take this money that you were going to uh, give me in exchange for some things and donate it to the Human Solution, and I handed him a brochure, and now that's not it. It's, it's, it's a full-size thing. It was, we got it in the mail. It has a red binder. It's got a white top. I'm on the radio. Anyways, um, he looked at our brochure, and he says, wow, 
I'm uh, I'm impressed. I I like what you're doing. And I said, you know, all of these laws. California is supposed to be such a progressive state. California, you know, the land of the eternal Democrat and the the progressive. We we got we got bullet trains that we spend billions of dollars in tax revenue for that don't even go anywhere. We have additional taxes every week on something because, you know, we're so darn progressive. And we passed this Prop 64 legalization bill that so-called legalized cannabis. Well, the truth is it allowed a few people to do a few things. And as I say, week after week, month after month, the people that really need this, they really need it, and they need a lot of it. And most of these people, imagine this, okay, unless you're wealthy, unless you have a, a multiple income streams that are feeding you money without you having to do anything for it, imagine one of your children or a loved one, a spouse, or maybe even yourself gets found out that you have a debilitating condition a life-threatening disease, uh, an ailment, uh, a need for multiple surgeries, whatever it is. What do you think that's going to do to your life? It's going to stop it. It's going to turn your whole life into that. That will become your life. So your ability to earn money, whether you had it prior to this or not, is going to be limited at least. And imagine if you didn't have, like, most people, a huge capacity to make a whole lot of money to begin with. I think if you look at the average income in America, it doesn't allow for there to be a serious injury or ailment in the family without it coming at a huge cost. Yes, that's it. Thank you. And so um, that is the situation that so many people that find cannabis find is that they need a lot. They need a lot. They need oil. They need they need products. They need you name it. They need cannabis medicine, and they can't afford what they need generally as it is. And if you go to a dispensary and you say, "I'm very sick. Can you give me 50, 60 grams of oil a month?" They're gonna say, "No. I'm sorry. I can't do that." You can go to Steve D'Angelo up in the Bay Area. He's not going to give you 50, 60 grams a month. You can go to any dispensary in California and ask for something dramatic like that, and you're not going to get it. Why? Well, because the ones that have licenses have to pay all of these fees and fines and taxes, and then they have all these restrictions and requirements, and the people they get it from have to deal with all these fines and fees and taxes and restrictions and requirements, and it costs them so much to even have this stuff available that they can't afford to give it away. Not only that, but guess what? The California law doesn't allow them to. They can't give it away. It's not allowed. Somebody has to pay the taxes on it. That's what that law was all about. It wasn't about making cannabis available to people. It was about collecting taxes. We already had a law that made cannabis available to people. That law is now no longer relevant because we have the tax collecting law. All over the country, we have situations like that. We have people that really actually need 
lots of cannabis medicine, and we have laws that allow certain people to sell to certain people. And these people that have a situation where they have a loved one, uh, a child, many cases, a family member that has a need, that gets a direct giant benefit, so many cases where these benefits are off the charts and the doctors won't acknowledge them, the doctors won't even give them pain meds if they find out that they have are using this stuff. And these people have to make a decision. They have to decide, do I follow the law and deny my family member a medicine that cannot hurt them and might help them, or do I break the law and risk losing something or everything in many cases? I'd say this. How dare us put these people in that situation? How dare us? And yet we do, and we do it with, with. I don't know, I think we do it with a, an apathy. I think those people that, that are pushing the laws that pass, which are generally the tenth of one percenters, are the ones that are, 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 you know, painting the picture of what it's going to do and saying the right words for the legislators to buy into it. And it all has to do with revenue, all of it. None of it has to do with actually the truth and fulfilling a need that really needs to be fulfilled. None of it has to do with the reality of this because people, frankly, still don't buy into it. So that's what this show's about, ending prohibition, ending it, so that those people that need this medicine can get it. We still have people that are locked up in prison and one of them is going to probably call in very shortly and um, tell us about what it's like in Terre Haute, Indiana, where he serves a life sentence in federal prison for pot. Well, in Indiana, they have some kind of medical provision, and I think they're working on a recreational provision. we got Michael Thompson in Michigan who is serving 40 to 60 years, and we're maybe hopefully making some progress because we got some new uh, – new people in town, and, and I think it's the judge died, and the prosecutor's no longer around, and we got an opportunity to come in and ask for, uh, uh, to get a motion to revisit his sentencing, and that's actually being done right now. I just got submitted, thanks to Dee Dee Kirkwood, friggin' monster hero, and, but it's taking this, these kind of actions, not passing another law to actually get things done around here. Michigan has a law that allows people to put up stores. Meanwhile, it keeps a good man locked up virtually for life and so many others. And I come to you with, with a lot of frustration, and hopefully it, it echoes. Hopefully it rings through. Hopefully it comes all the way through your little Facebook page, your YouTube channel, and you can get the sense of frustration that causes me to do this show. That causes me to sign on year after year as CEO of this company, an all-volunteer position that has untangible, unlimited tangible benefits, meaning I, I know that we make a difference in a lot of people's lives. But it's frustrating as all hell because you're also a target. You also get 
uh, lied about, lied to. Um, just so many things happen that are negative in this in this so-called movement that you know many times I sit there and I scratch my head and I go I don't know but then I look and I, I look around me and I see how few people have actually stayed the course and actually done this and actually been valuable to this movement really and I say man if I step down who the hell is going to do this and it's not a big list. And there's people doing things, but who's who's really focused on ending this, really? You know, this group is, I'll tell you that. We're committed to it. We're going to stay with it until we get it done. And that's the reality. So that's why we're here. Um, we have a great guest today. I have not met her yet, but Amy Wolfenbarger is going to be on. She's actually on the line right now. I'm going to bring her up pretty quick. Um, as you guys know, Craig Cecil will be calling in from federal prison where he's serving a life sentence. And um, I've got um, somebody I want to honor today. I've got a, a really amazing gift that was bestowed upon the organization that I just deposited today. And I want to share with you some of the things that we're doing as an organization. Um, the Human Solution is a federally recognized 501c3 civil rights organization dedicated to the idea that no one belongs in jail for a plant and that uh, civil rights are important and they're worth being stood for, they're worth being fought for, they're worth being uh, advocated for. And as, though, as much as we focus a lot of our attention on cannabis-related cases, um, that's not the only element of civil rights that we stand up for, we're for all civil rights, and we have specific um, uh, provisions in our mission and our, our organization for Native American rights, disabled rights, and veterans' rights as we stand today. So many times that these, uh, uh, these issues overlap, and there's many times where there's multiple layers of these issues that, that hit on multiple points. But that's what this organization is about. We're an all-volunteer organization, meaning there is not today nor ever has been one member or leader of this organization has ever taken a dime. Every nickel that's ever been raised uh, has always gone towards the cause of either educating or supporting or both those people that are in need, and that's what we do. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the work we do because we've, like I said, um, received a wonderful gift, and I want people to understand what that means and what we intend to do with it. So I'm going to jump right into our guest. Um, I believe we're going to have Pete Yapel come on, and hopefully George Marcherano is going to join us, uh, another person who was given a life sentence for pot and um, made his way out, as happens once in a while. Uh, hopefully more and more it happens. It does has been happening more and more. Um, Hopefully, Tom Corby will be joining us. Uh, there was a case that went on last week that was looking for some support. We're going to talk about that. What does it mean to get support, to ask for support? Um, about being effective. Why don't we talk about being effective? Because I think that might be important. All right, let's jump into our first guest. Amy Wolfenbarger is a longtime Ohio cannabis reform activist. She's founder of Sensible Norwood and author of Norwood Cannabis Ordinance. After an original ballot placement denial and a challenge before the state Supreme Court, she rewrote the initiative 
in 2018, acquired ballot placement and passed your ordinance by 73% of the vote. That's huge. 73% of anything is huge. She also rallied her community and prevented a permanent ban on the cannabis businesses. Uh, in addition, she's volunteered on numerous statewide legislation initiatives, regional coordinator for Ohio Rights Group, regional manager for Ohioans to end prohibition, and Southwest regional coordinator for Ohioans for medical marijuana. And more and more and more. But most importantly, she came to me as a grassroots organizer. Um, anybody who knows me, that's what we do. We're grassroots all day long. When I was fighting my trial, I rallied people from all over California and out of state that came to Long Beach uh, Courthouse, and we had hundreds of us on some days uh, that stood up and ultimately were the difference. And one of the main reasons that today I'm not only free, above ground breathing, and currently out of custody, but also unconvicted. I have no criminal record to speak of as we stand here. So, Amy, um, welcome to the show. Let's see what's going on. You're live hey, on here, Amy. Thanks welcome for having to me. Me. Oh, great. Thank you oh, for having me. How are you? I am fantastic. It is absolutely my pleasure. Um, the timing of this was impeccable because Craig Cecil um, is calling from federal prison right now. So I'm going to put him on, and then um, I'm going to put you back on hold. And as soon as his 15 minutes are up, I'm going to bring you back on, okay? Perfect. Sounds great. All right. Craig Cecil, how are you doing today? Hello, Joe. It's sunny and warm, about 70 degrees here in Terre Haute today. This is a this is a great weather day for us, where it's not too hot, not too cold. Well, sounds like springtime to me. So, um, how's the softball team going? The softball's been fun. We've had some rained out lately, but uh, it, it, overall, it's been fun. Uh, you can't imagine just some of the things that happen out there. You know, with the a group of guys that really don't have much in common. <laughs> You've got the detentions of uh, a bunch of them being in different street gangs, and guys that are, you know, uh, a few of them suffering from mental illness. There's, I mean, it's just a fun group of people to try to try to pull into one game. It, it, it makes for a lot of laughs. I sure hope somebody's videotaping this. I'll bet you there's... Um enough material for a pretty good show. Oh, it definitely would. It definitely would. Uh, really, the best part of the game is the the botched plays and the heckling. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine. There's probably quite a bit of both of those. Oh, there is. There is. It, 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 can, be, it can be a lot of laughs. So how is the, uh, the overall... Um, demeanor out there. Last week you said things seemed like they were turning a corner. Well, the staff members are still assaulting inmates, uh, but they've they changed a little bit. I, I think it's because they're a bit more brazen. They used to not beat up the inmates until after they were handcuffed. But here recently they, they've hit a few of them when they're not handcuffed. And the rumor is, I haven't seen it, but the rumor is and a couple of them, the, the inmate uh, hit the officer back and all that, was able to walk away, and they left him alone. So I, 
that that's uh, at least the gossip. I don't know that it's true or not, but that's the gossip people seem to be accepting that. So therefore, if an officer uh, assaults you, you, you just need to hit him back. <laughs> wow, that sounds like a simple enough solution, but it doesn't seem like it would make a lot of sense. No, that's what I mean. I, but that seems to be the consensus that, you know, that the ones that, uh, the main ones that are doing the assaulting and all that, that more than once here, and just since uh, Monday, that uh, inmates have hit them back and basically left, you know, walked away and they they, they left them. I, I don't know, you know what I mean? But that's the story, and I, I can't think that that would have a good future. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Well, you know, I've got a guest on the line that's uh, an activist out of Ohio, and uh, she's done all kinds of work with um, with the community. She got some legislation that's been that was recently passed, and and has done uh, a lot of grassroots work. And that's kind of, you know, what we've always been big on is the grassroots work. And uh, um, you know, we have a, an active chapter in Ohio as well, which. We just we just began our conversation, so I haven't really had a chance to uh, dig into anything yet. But uh, is there anything you'd like to say to somebody who is um, an activist who who very much wants to end prohibition, not just pass some silly regulatory laws, but to actually make a world where there aren't people locked up for pot anymore? What would you have to say to somebody who who's active in the community? Um. Well, what I, what I like is, uh, as you know, a few people like Carrie out in California is uh, putting up signs in the marijuana dispensaries that are like, remember me, you know, people that are, you know, in prison for life for marijuana, you know, and, uh, and that sign I think has a lot of effect right in the marijuana store. <laughs> yeah, I think that is. I, I, I think that we still have so many people that just don't know. They just don't know that there are still people, not only that are locked up right now, that are serving long sentences, but that are still getting locked up, that there's still cases going on every day. And that's the sad part, because, you know, once they put us behind the fence and the razor wire, we're largely, largely forgotten by society. I mean, to be honest, uh, I can even attest, and, and for, for not only for myself, but for just about everybody, is you get forgotten by most of your friends and even a lot of your family. You know, they just kind of out of sight, out of mind. They forget about you when when you're in prison. And I think those signs in the marijuana stores and those signs elsewhere to say, hey, you know, what about these guys in prison for marijuana that were, you know, enjoying right here, you know, over the counter at the store? I think that goes a long ways for people to say, you know, hey, maybe we ought to do something for those people. Maybe the laws need to change. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I've heard a statistic, and I don't remember uh, exactly how it went, but it had something to do with if you are in prison for seven years, uh, the odds of your family staying intact, um, meaning spouse, and even children staying with relationships is remarkably low. That that families just don't seem to weather this very well as a rule. No, no, because if you look at you know a lot of the marijuana stuff, like one thing I hear from other marijuana dealers is that they they went to that because there's 
you know, compared to other drug crimes, that there's no violence, there's no victims, there's no, you know, I mean, it, it's a, like a past uh, crime, I guess. <laughs> it's pretty mellow as crimes go. I mean, you know, if you have, if you have no victim, uh, you would think that the the um, exposure would be somewhat limited, but it doesn't turn out that way now, does it? No, and I think we, we've all known or known of people that have suffered, you know, from cocaine or heroin or some sort of serious drug addiction, and it just destroys them. It, it, it destroys their marriage. It destroys their, you know, their, their life. Let's call it from a federal prison. Sometimes it destroys their life by killing them. And, uh, but I can't say that I've ever heard about that, you know, about either a marijuana user or a marijuana dealer. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've been on both sides of that equation for uh, about 30-some years now, and in all the people I've come upon, and, and certainly myself included, I've never, I've never seen anything like that. You know, I've been married for 20, 22 years. I've had, have a good family. I've always been gainfully employed, uh, you know, a, a productive member of society. And nobody can call me lazy, so I don't, you know, I'm not saying that, that everything's for everybody, but generally speaking, I, I I haven't seen it as the scourge they try to paint it. Well, like one thing I mentioned that, that I had some reservations about, maybe that, that explains why more people or about why too many people have reservations about marijuana, is when I first heard all the conversation about decriminalizing the uh, uh, the mushrooms in Colorado, I thought, oh, no, I, I mean, are they going to just kind of bunch that in the marijuana? So if there's any problem with the mushrooms, they'll say that's also a problem with marijuana. That was, that was my first reaction. That was my concerns about it. And uh, hopefully I think people can keep those two ideas separate because I believe with the uh, – with the mushrooms, the concern is, is that some people get, you know, terribly paranoid when they take them, and it drives them to do some, you know, really crazy things where it's, where some of them get hurt. So you have to, you know, that that is a potential side effect of that. That you mean like you can't say I've heard about marijuana uh, smokers. You mean like too. like Prozac and Ambien? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, you know, people can take people can take their concerns and their fears, and I can apply them directly to any number of legally prescribed medications that nobody has a problem with. So I think it has to do with responsible behavior and um, adults acting as adults can act. And, I mean, you know, you want to think about people being violent and, aggressive and doing stupid things, just go to your local bar at 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, my guess is you'll probably see plenty of that. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, and I, I think the same goes for the mushrooms. I don't see somebody eating uh, a magic shroom and going out and becoming violent. I mean, I haven't heard that that's a reaction from that. I, I don't so even I, think I don't it's possible. going to be a problem. I don't even think it's possible. When when you do mushrooms, you become very floppy, very, um, you know, you, you're not going to go lifting weights when you're on mushrooms, I'm pretty sure. You, you, 
you tend to be pretty relaxed and 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 you tend to be pretty giggly. Things things tend to be pretty uh, pretty groovy. And uh, I I've, I've I don't have extensive experience with mushrooms, but I certainly have done mushrooms over over the last 30 years. And I've never ever known or seen or heard of anybody um, that that has gotten you know aggressive. I've seen people that have gotten paranoid, but people get paranoid after drinking too much coffee. So, you know, paranoid is sort of a pretty generic term to to wage fear, and it it can be effective because people are afraid of paranoia for good reason, but it can happen all by itself without any any help. But the violence is the thing that I'm always concerned about, and things like methamphetamine and, you know, this, this um, um, spice and all these crazy drugs that are out there right now, and um, um, and alcohol for God's sake. I mean, they they bring out aggression and anger and fighting and you know road rage and all of these things um, on a regular basis. And you know, that's the thing that I'm not saying that uh, methamphetamine and spice are accepted in society, but uh, they're not considered. They're not. We're not aggressively going after those things the way that so many people seem to go after some of these other things. Maybe it's because nobody's trying to legalize them. I'm not sure, but I don't see um, a concerted effort to to get the speed out of America. And there's sure plenty of it out there. And I think we've all heard of you know people drinking alcohol and it gives them liquid courage. Oh, yeah. Every bar operator has seen their their share of fights among drunk people, but let's face it, that's still a small percentage of people that even drink, you know, sure. and I'd, I'd have to say it's in a way smaller part of people that, that smoke uh, marijuana or eat shrooms. <laughs> exactly, and, and you know, the thing that gets me, and this is what really kind of, I always kind of boil down to it, is I, I work in the world of science, and in in the world of science, Things have to be real and provable and repeatable. And, you know, nobody, people spout out these, these terms like paranoia and, and all of these things, but nobody is able to really cite these studies that show me some actual facts that, that, that can specifically point to a specific thing as a cause and a specific action that showed, um, you know, a, a, a victim and, 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 a, and a serious problem You know people just get to Say anything now and then paint with these Broad strokes and, and Demonize something without any Any real proof without any Real substance and without something that You can show and show again Well but what What is it 31 states Now have some sort of Either your medical or uh, recreational marijuana distributed. Something like that, yeah. And, and uh, I mean, really, overall, there's been a, a really a nominal amount of, of problems associated with this. People try to point out, well, there was a rise in, you know, marijuana impaired drivers. Okay, but, you know, even if that was true, you know, because there's more people, you know, maybe willing to buy marijuana since it's legal, you're still, it's, it's, it's a person making a choice that, you know, to do something wrong, and that, 
that's what we need to really go after is, you know, the problem isn't the alcohol or the alcohol or the marijuana or wrong, it's the the practice of the person driving after they kiss me. Absolutely. Well, there's your first beep already, Craig, and I want to make sure you get to finish your thought before you get cut off. Okay, but uh, again, just like I was talking about hiding us behind the razor wire from, uh, you know, the people that are able to walk in the store, marijuana and all that, thank you to everybody for remembering those of us behind the razor wire. Remember that we're in prison for now what people, you know, pay federal taxes on and write right on their W-2s, uh, you know, in their 1040s. So, you know, please remember us in here and push your congressman. It's time to do away with marijuana prohibition. That, that, that horse is, uh, you know, needs to be put back in the party. I couldn't agree more, Craig, and as always, we're here for you, and, uh, I'm looking forward to the one day when you get your ass out and we get to go fishing. Um, well, folks, that was the most grateful ending we've had in a long time. Craig usually gets cut off in mid-sentence, and uh, we were able to time it this time. He was able to finish his thought. So just remember, you know, he's in federal prison. He's taking a risk by even talking to us, um, you know, they don't allow what these, these are called a third-party call where he's, talking to me, and, and, I, and I'm talking to all of you, and, uh, you know, he faces sanctions, he faces solitary confinement over this, and he calls every week because it gives him a little teeny bit of freedom, it gives him an opportunity uh, to voice his thoughts and opinions to a free world out here, and I, I just, you know, want to remind everybody that this freedom that we have, it could disappear in seconds. You know, I've, I've had my freedom taken from me many times over this plant and without a victim, just like Craig. And fortunately, you know, I was able to, to, to find my way to the other side of it without uh, getting in a life sentence. But it doesn't always work out that way, and that's what we need to change. So let's go back to Amy and see what's going on, and we can begin now this conversation Amy, welcome to the show again. I apologize. Well, I don't apologize. Craig Cecil is a, a good friend and a friend of the organization, and um, he's one of the reasons that we exist as an organization. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, it's not a problem for me at all. I actually um, was happy to hear him speak. So um, I don't know if you get the opportunity to talk to Craig again. I would just like to make sure that he knows that, you know, we have not forgotten. Um, yeah, we have definitely not forgotten. Um, and, and a lot of people have not forgotten. Um, recently in Cincinnati, they're trying to pass a decriminalization similar to the one I did here in, in my town in Norwood. And um, that was actually brought up by numerous um, council members. Those things, um, exact things were spoken about. Um, we have wealthy, you know, dispensary owners um, that are selling legal marijuana, yet we have, you know, people still doing life in, in jails and, you know, people being locked up for um, just a joint. Um, and there are a lot of comments, you know, on social media when these things happen about, you know, what what are we going to do for the people that are sitting in jail? You know, it's... it's um, yeah, you know, unfortunately, everything is just one step at a time. You know, I've always said that 
legalization is 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 the beginning you know um there's so many things that you know we have to keep fighting for and you know that that's number one is um getting these folks out of jail it's just ridiculous and it's just time well i couldn't agree more and um you know we have a uh a chapter of our organization, uh, the Human Solution International in Ohio. And, in fact, uh, one of the chapter coordinators, I don't know if you've met him, but his name's Glenn Keeling and his wife Peggy are currently not only advocating for others and, and you know, supporting our, our POWs, but they're fighting an active case right now. And um, uh, Glenn's on the line right now. I'm going to bring him up in a couple of minutes after we get a chance to talk a bit. Um, but hopefully you guys will be able to uh, connect, and, and hopefully, you know, we can find a way to work together. Um, and Craig Cecil, just so you know, uh, he is a regular on the show. He calls the show in every week, um, again, at, at his peril. Um, and I've been doing this show or a version of it for almost five years now, and Craig has uh, been calling in, you know, religiously, and, uh, you know, it gives him an opportunity to get a message out and, Sometimes uh, when something goes horribly wrong in there, um, we've been able to uh, issue a call to action and um, get some get some things done. There was there was a time when the uh, the prison dentist was more or less on strike and not not working, and we've had issues where uh, uh, meds weren't being distributed correctly. Craig's a diabetic and uh, you know needs a special diet and medicine. And uh, he was denied that for a while, and, and we were able to take some grassroots effort and reach out to the warden and to the Bureau of Prisons and get some of that stuff turned around. So, um, you know, when, when Bobby told me that you're doing grassroots work, that's, of course, when my, uh, my, my arms go up and say we need to work together. So tell me a little bit about the work that you've done. And, of course, it sounds like you're running for an office right now, and I'd like to, to hear about that as well. Yes, I am. Um, so I started in um, activism probably like late 2012. Um, I essentially, I just set out to sign a medical marijuana petition that I heard about. Um, but, you know, here I am today. <laughs> um, so it's been um, great. I've enjoyed every minute of the cannabis reform movement. Um, as you had mentioned earlier, um you know, I've been active with pretty much all the statewide legalization efforts um, in Ohio. And then uh, in Norwood here, uh, we wrote the initiative. Um, we refer to it as No Fines, No Time. It's titled the Norwood Cannabis Ordinance. And basically what that ordinance does is um, removes fines and jail time for cannabis possession of less than 200 grams. Um, so in 2016, we tried to do this, and we were actually kept off the ballot by the Hamilton County Board of Elections. Uh, we did challenge through to the Supreme Court, and unfortunately, we lost. Then we brought it back out again this year, or, you know, last year, 2018, um, got the necessary signatures and got it on the ballot last year. And, and like you had mentioned, it passed by 73% of the vote. Um, Unfortunately, it appears that our community is sidestepping the law and the police are continuing to 
cite people under state code, um, and then they're just sending them down, you know, to municipal court, um, it, you know, which is just crazy. Um, so, you know, in that time, I've spent um, a lot of time, like I said, out in the community talking with residents, um, and I've also spent a lot of time at city council meetings talking to city council, things such as that. Um, and then, you know, in doing all of that, I started taking notice of a lot of the problems that existed in, in our community here outside of Canada. And, um, you know, got even more interested in uh, local politics and in talking to the people in the community. Um, you know, they're frustrated and they, they don't feel heard um, by our city government. Um, so I decided that I wanted to do something to change that, and that's when I decided to run for city council. So I'm pretty excited about it. I've never, um, you know, I've, I've worked on a lot of campaigns, but um, never one for myself. <laughs> As you mentioned, I'm very grassroots and I'm underemployed, so I'm doing the best that I can, but um, I'm, I'm well known in the community. Um, you know, that means a lot to me. Um, so I'm really excited about this opportunity, and I can't thank you enough for, you know, having me on your show. Oh, it's my pleasure, and um, as I've always extended to any guest I have that has an ongoing uh, effort or project that they're working on, you know, I welcome you anytime to call in, even if you're not scheduled as a guest, if you have an update. Um, once once we've met and you know you've been featured on the show, I, I certainly welcome you to to call in anytime that there's something that you want to bring attention to. But what I'd like to do is I want to put on uh, Glenn Keeling because he's another um, activist. His whole family are activists, and he's a board member of the Human Solution International and currently fighting a case in Ohio. So uh, I'm going to bring him up. Yeah, so you guys I, can yeah, that's Correct. perfect. Correct. I um I'm I'm quite aware of Glenn and Peggy Sue, so yes. Oh, fantastic. Well I'm gonna bring him up real real quick so that you guys can say hi and uh Glenn, you're live on the air now. Uh welcome to the show. Hey Joe, thank you very much. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing fantastic. Good. Hi, Glenn. When when uh Bobby had told me about Amy, which was just yesterday, uh, I, w- I didn't put two and two together that she was from Ohio. I don't think he even said where she was from or she did. I just didn't hear. He, anyways, uh, so once I'm looking at this uh, uh, intro, I said, well, shoot, you guys hopefully are working together, and if not, uh, you need to be. So um, I'm wondering, um, you know, you two already know each other. I'm wondering is there a way that we can combine efforts in some way? Yeah, that would that would be an amazing thing to do. Um, we're always welcome to work with anybody here in Ohio that's willing to, you know, step up and do, you know, do work with the Human Solution and, and go in the direction that we're going with. Um, yeah, uh, we have actually a, a um, we weren't supposed to be there, but I, we're going to be there now. We have a an attorney conference next Friday. It would be really cool if you would bring a lot of people down with you and come and hang out in the auditorium with us <laughs> okay attorney conference okay yeah i'll have to get you to um send me the information on that well yeah, yeah um 
Yeah, so, um, yeah, it'd be great to personally meet you, too. I know most of our relationship exists on social media, um, sharing posts and that kind of thing. So, but, yeah, we definitely need to help you guys get some more, um, you know, people in rooms. Um, right. Yeah. Well, Amy, also, um, we do a leadership um, conference call on Tuesdays and Thursdays at, uh, noon Pacific time, so that's three o'clock Eastern time. And if you are interested, um, I can have Glenn give you the call-in information if you if you have the time or ability to call in tomorrow. And a lot of times, um, Bobby's part of that call as well. And maybe we can find a way to coordinate our efforts and uh, uh, you know find a way to, to benefit everybody connected, and most importantly, find a way to further this mission of ending prohibition. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go ahead and send that information to her, Joe, and so she can get on with that call. And yeah, Amy. Um, yeah. Anything that we can do to to work together to bring Ohio back to where I mean to where it's supposed to be? Because you know, I mean, looking at the the program that's going now, you know, it it turns good people that's trying to follow the program. I and mean, look at Peggy and I. I mean, you, you know, the everything that we have done. I mean, the whole normal thing. I mean, you're aware of all of that. I mean, the hundreds of people that, you know, that are still going through something, even though that the program is where it is, the prices, the the hoops you have to jump. I mean, yeah, it would absolutely be great to be able to work with somebody that's, you know, going for a political office that, that uh, is in the same mind that, you know, people should not deserve, you know, shouldn't be going to jail for, for a plant. That's all there is to it. It doesn't matter what the situation is. A plant um, is a plant. Right, and, you know, that that's where we're at right now in Ohio. You know, we need more pro-cannabis candidates um, to run and to get in office so that we can start changing some of these laws from the inside because even like here in Norwood, you know, Ohio Revised Code, and like you guys with your medical card, you know, you have your cards and you're still being charged with this. And, you know, Norwood um, sidestepping our law and fighting under state law, um, you know, they, they do these things for us, for, for the people, um, but it doesn't work out for us, for the people. Um, so it's truly a shame. And, you know, what, um, uh, earlier, you know, when, um, the talk of the licensing fees and all these things that go on in the state and, you know, Ohio, I think has probably the highest licensing fees in the nation. Um, and, you know, like you, the cost of product, um, medication, um, you know, it's just the program was not written for the people that it's intended for. And, you know, I'm a chronic pain patient myself. And, you know, you and I and Peggy Sue and, you know, Wendy and, and Lori and, you know, all of us patients were the ones that are out there, you know, fighting in the streets and, doing the work to get these things to ballot and um you know even even with the laws we're we're still the ones that are suffering um right it's, it's just really it's so inappropriate yeah yeah i mean if you look at the whole program itself i mean it, it's an ohio program but there's not an ohio there's no ohio there's nobody from ohio is in the program the only people that's in the program is absolute patients Everything is, I mean, there's no money. I mean, the tax is the only thing that's staying here. 
but none of the revenue, none of everything else was going out of state, going back to Illinois, going back to Chicago, going back to New York. I mean, there's nothing staying here in Ohio. There's no Ohio companies in this entire program. It was not, you're absolutely right, it was not designed and meant for Ohio at all. I mean, this is not for patients. I mean, there's no way with the prices and everything they're going to, the licensing fees alone, I mean, we have hands down the worst program in the nation, and that's all there is to it. I mean, that's bad. And there's people that are in Pennsylvania, started uh, six weeks after us. Their program was up and running almost a full year before us, and they were serving uh, almost 10,000 patients the day that our program opened. That's ridiculous. Right. Well, Oklahoma, I mean, my goodness, Oklahoma. <laughs> You know, hey, you would not hey, think that you know, we would be light years behind them. I do mean to cut you off, but I don't mean to. Tyler Donahoe, he's watching. He's right up there in your area, up there in Norwood area. I mean, he's another one that, that was following the law. I mean, perfect cases, you know, here in Ohio, people following the law, and we're made criminals. It needs to stop. It needs to stop, period. And it's not just in Ohio, and it's not just with us. Craig Cecil needs to come out of jail for it. Lance Gore. Uh, Mr. Romans needs to come home. I mean, there are 17,000 people right now here in Ohio on, on flight for, for cannabis. They need to come home. It's just time, far beyond time. Yeah, you know, tons of people that are suffering over a plant that's never hurt anyone. Um, it's just crazy. Right on. Well, I don't mean to take up no more time. Really quick, no, really no, fast. No man, man, man. Conversation right that needs to be had. We need to continue it. And um, Glenn, first of all, um, do you have any updates on your case? Um, we do have the attorney conference on the 24th. It's at 3 p.m. Um, 101 North Main Street, Salina, Ohio. Uh, Peggy's going to post the uh, information about that, but. That's the only update we have. Our attorneys called it with the judge, so, I mean, I'm hoping that that is, you know, something. After 19 months of being in the same position for, uh, you know, being medical patients is absolutely ridiculous. So I'm hoping that this is finally coming to an end for us. And um, if not, I mean, we're going to still be here fighting, you know, along with our case and everybody else that's going on here. But listen, really quick, my name is Glenn Keeling. My wife is Peggy Kimmel. We're really easy to find on, on the, uh, Facebook. Creative Care Beacon is what we run. We're the Ohio chapter of the Human Solution International. 419-863-0498 is my number. Please call if you need something. Awesome. Thank you so much, Glenn. And uh look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Amy, um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming since you're doing grassroots work on your campaign um, that you could probably use a hand or two as well. So how would somebody get a hold of you if they want to engage uh, you in some of your efforts? Um, I have an email. I also have um, you know, Facebook, of course. Um, I'm happy to um, leave my phone number as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Definitely going to need some help. <laughs> yeah, that would be well, great. Go ahead, if you'd like to, just go ahead and announce it on on the air. This is um, this show is also archived, so people can go back and and uh, review it if they if they missed it, or if somebody contacts me and said, "Hey, how do I get a hold of that client?" If you left it in the record of the archive, 
uh, I just send them back to the recording. So why don't you go ahead and um, give us out any contact information um, that you'd want to be reached by. Okay, perfect. Um, my email account um, is uh, all lowercase letters, and it's Amy, that's A-M-Y, dot Sensible Norwood, so S-E-N-S-I-B-L-E, N-O-R-W-O-O-D at gmail.com and um, I can be reached by telephone at area code 513-344-6700. Fantastic. Well, um, Amy, I also I do have... Um, oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, thank you very much. Going, going. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Go ahead. Oh, we can be found on Facebook also at um, Sensible Norwood. Oh, perfect, perfect. Well, again, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show and introducing yourself. And remember, um, we're on the air every week um, at the same time. So uh, if you have an announcement or if you have something you'd like to share with this audience, um, you don't have to be featured as a guest. You just call in. And uh, we have an amazing screener by the name of Mary, and uh, she'll put you up on in queue, and we'll, we'll, you'll be able to, to say your piece. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Excellent. Well, Amy, thank you so much for being on the show, and hopefully we'll hear from you very soon. Yes, you will. Thank you. Have a great night. Excellent. Amy Wolfenbarger, uh, Sensible for Noah Wood candidate, and uh, – so much more. So if you guys are in that area of Ohio and you want to help somebody that can uh, make a difference and get her in a position where she can have some influence um, over your local area, that's how to do it. So, um, all right. So we've got now Pete Yapel and then Tom Corby. The show has uh, burned up most of its hour, and uh, we're probably going to go a few minutes long like we do. And I've got also an announcement um, and a few parting things to say. So Pete Yapel. Solidarity over separation chapter of the Human Solution in New York. How's it going today? It's going good. We uh, dropped a couple calls while we were listening on the way over. Unfortunately, it's one thing about living in the mountain. You're kind of coming in and out. But we taught our CBD class in Port Jervis tonight, and uh, that was good. It was a, a really interesting woman there for the first time from uh, Europe uh, in her mid-50s. And her and her husband, uh, and it was so it was really great to talk to them. So a couple new faces, but then again, the same ones, which is always great because then we can keep, uh, you know, enhancing their experience and you know teaching them a little bit more each time they come. But uh, I mean, that's pretty much it today. We've got a four-day concert uh, series. The series starts out here in the Hudson Valley this weekend with Friday days, so we'll be covering that and out at that for four days, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So uh, it's going to be – it's just a good another chance for us to network and set our table up and speak to people as they come by, you know. Uh, it, it's it's always a good draw. You know, we're the table there that really isn't selling anything, you know. We're, we're All we're doing is giving information. So um, people, you know, people uh, – People uh, are taken back by that, that we're just donating our time to actually inform people and educate them rather than to try to steal from their pocketbook. But um, Yeah, uh, people have gotten accustomed to uh, everybody's got an angle. If you're talking to them, you're probably trying to 
profit or benefit from it in some way. And uh, mm-hmm. sometimes we're just out there to uh, share a little of something we know and, 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 and try to gather some steam for a, uh, for a good project and, and maybe just try to make the world a little better. Uh, That's right. It, it, That's right. There's some people mm-hmm. out there doing that if you're in the right place at the right time. So uh, I very much appreciate you being one of them, and, and uh, uh, you know, that's what this is all about. So, Pete. That's, um, that's right. That's right. We'll catch you guys next week. As we're But if anybody wants to think of find us. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I'm just saying I, I, I'm running into more and more people from the East Coast, and, um, it's it's interesting because you know in the ten years we've been in operation, uh, it's only been in the last couple of years that we've had much of an East Coast presence, and uh, I'm just watching a lot of activity happen out there, and um, it's, it's exciting. So, how does somebody get a hold of you if they're in the New York area and they want to get involved? Chapter. Webpage www.canotalkforcesmall. Oh, Pete, boy, we got that mountain connection. I got bits and pieces of that. So I'll uh, try to say that again. We'll, we'll get through this time. They can find solid receptor, the Human Solution International's New York chapter. They can find us um, through our webpage, www.canonetalk.com, or they can find 845-522-3162. Like he says, if you call us, we can't help you. Again, even if you don't have a case to fight, we're here to educate you. We're here to help you anyway. In case you ever end up in that situation or in case you're called to a jury trial, you know your rights as a juror. You know, people forget they have rights as even a juror, and uh, what we can we can educate them on that as well, so that we you know when people do plant that's never for anyone, never killed anyone. There is no victim, so there is no crime. They can make an educated decision when they're there to pass judgment. Couldn't agree more. Well, Pete, it's always a pleasure. It's been a, a privilege to work alongside you, and uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow at noon. So uh, we're just going to keep hammering away till we get her done. Um, you got and it, you and, Always uh, a pleasure. Our warriors, and uh, it, it's great to be working with you guys. All right, folks. All right, Pete and peace. Helen Yapel, Solidarity Over Separation, New York. Uh, just tearing it up out there, doing great work. All right, so i got Tom Corby up next to wrap up the show, but before, um, I'd like to mention a couple of things. Number one, uh, the Human Solution was founded over 10 years ago out of um, the need to support people that were fighting court cases. And over the years across the country and in other countries, we have um, we've supported people. Uh, we've taken some lumps. We've had a lot of victories. Um, we've watched people go in and come back out of prison. We've uh, uh, watched victories where people never had to get uh, never had to get locked up. We've we've seen acquittals. We've seen hung juries. We've seen dismissals. Um, we 
seen a lot of stuff over the years. And one thing that recently I've noticed is that there aren't a lot of people standing up and fighting. And there are still plenty of cases, and those people mostly that I've come upon anyways that are standing up and fighting are kind of doing one-man shows, social media campaigns. And I just want to say this. If you want to connect with an organization that knows what they're doing about rallying support and sitting in court and being effective, the Human Solution International is like no other. There is no other group that does anything like what we do when it comes to courtroom support for defendants. It's not, it just isn't out there. And I've been all over the country, and I've been part of many, many groups. And there's groups that have done some of this occasionally here and there. But it's a big part of what we've always done. So if you have a case or if you know somebody who has one, um, have them reach out to us. THSINTL.org is the um, is the website. And, uh, you know, that that's what this is all about, is educating and supporting. So the second thing is, is as we have um, – continued along and we've grown as a 501c3. We've we've raised up in the standing. We're part of GuideStar and some of the other nonprofit directories. But we've got members that have been around for many, many years, some members as long as the organization. And just recently we had one of our members by the name of Larry King, um, who, you know, had made a promise a long time ago and, and uh he showed up at my house last week, um on Saturday, and he pulled out a check out of his pocket and he wrote it down. It was for a pretty substantial amount. In fact, one of the largest donations we've ever gotten. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he said, you guys are, are you're still at it. You're doing, you're doing it. Um, I've watched the work you've done. He's been part of it. He visited me in jail. He uh, was there on the day that the, that the uh, court decided to dismiss my case after six years. Um, was there during the trial and was there for many other people. Brought cases to this, was uh, a chapter coordinator for the Long Beach chapter for a while. Um, and I told him when I saw this money, I said, you know, this is powerful. We can do so much with it because we don't have a budget. You know, we have a website that costs a little bit of money, and, and other than that, it doesn't cost that much to operate this organization. So, I said, you know what we're going to do with it is, is we're going to use a lot of these funds for educational purposes. Um, and one of the things that we've recently done, and I want to share this with you guys, is we published this packet. It's, it's an informational packet. And the purpose of this particular packet is to present to the legislature um, in Kansas. And uh, we're going to be, I'm going to be going out to Kansas one day, um, hopefully, you know, before too long, and meeting with members of the legislature to inform them about uh, addressing their fears about this plant and, and, and bringing some actual science to them. And so um, I just want to read the table of contents to this so that you understand the work that we've done. And this is well put together. It cites a lot of, um, of studies, and it's, uh, it's really a scientific work. And the, the goal of this really not only is to affect change, uh, but this can actually be cited as a public work as an expert witness, if need be, um, as, as it's now been published. 
Uh, so the table of contents includes this. Section one is research, um, and, it, and it talks about the National Center for Biotechnology, the endocannabinoid system, uh, the endocannabinoid system of skin health and disease, the natural, uh, the National Center of for Biotechnology Information Scientific Report, um, Common Information, Drugs.com, Marijuana, It Affects Medical Uses, and then it gets into some of the other um, marijuana-derived compounds such as durabinol, epidilic, and uh, marinol, and side effects from these uh, synthetic versions of this. Um, and it's got information out of WebMD and Time Magazine and um, a letter from the director of the National Institute on Drug Abuse, uh, the Federal Safe Banking Act, States Act, and Veterans Medical Marijuana Safe Harbor Act are all topics of discussion. And the purpose, again, of this is to uh, open some eyes. And um, this was not a, a, a free endeavor. Nobody donated any of this uh, as far as the printing and the creating of this. Uh, our volunteers donated their time to assemble this. And uh, we paid to have this uh, printed, bound, and published. And that's some of the work that donations go towards. Uh, the next thing that we're going to be doing, and this is something that we've never really done much of or done very well, but we have created uh, T-shirts and, and hats and things like that in the past with messages on it. But we're going to dedicate a budget to our messaging and swag type things um, and the purpose of it is to bring awareness. I think if we if we if we have some uh, good messages on uh, some good looking uh, shirts and t-shirts and coffee cups and bumper stickers and all of that, that it, it opens up eyes and it, and it starts a conversation just like our ribbon does. And um, so we're going to dedicate some funds to that as well. So we're looking for ideas, and if you're a creative type. Uh, you know, go ahead on to the website, thsintl.org, and send us your ideas. We welcome it. All right, that's my announcement for today. Uh, we're going to have Tom Corby bring up the rest of the show, and let's see what Tom's got to say. Tom Corby, welcome. How are you doing today? I was doing sure. Uh, thank you, Joe. Uh, a little right back there. Got a terrible I'm connection, on, right? Tom. Is there anything? Uh, you're on, but can you I'm hear hard me to hear you. You're barely. How about now? That's you better. Now? All right. I'm down in the shop. I don't get real service. So. Yeah. No, we lost go. you. I had to adjust the phone. So uh, okay. again, I want to every 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 week, uh, Joe and Lisa, Becca, Mary, and always the coffee party radio show. Bobby Rodrigo. Uh, these again are great historical shows. Uh, <clears throat> I'm so glad to be a part of Vision Inclusion International. By the way, I know last I heard we're pushing 50 chapters. International, so the whole world's listening to us, and they're copying what we're doing. 
a lot in uh, especially Northern California. Uh, we have an update on. Uh, we always talk about when you you always when you grow have a doctor's recommendation. Well, we were able to use that until just recently. Uh, we can't use it anymore due, due to uh, politics, especially here. Why a lot of people are leaving California? It's so sad to see. Uh, <clears throat> don't forget to breathe. Uh, I was just got back from the DMV, and I got our handicap black which we darly need. Thank Dr. Badgley. He's right here in town now. Comes over. He's a, he's a really good doctor, and he'll take this stand for you. I still think that uh, now that they, uh, Kelly always talks about, no matter what other defense you bring, you always bring your, your doctor's recommendation because doctors rule. I still believe that. Dr. Donna said a long time ago, Judges and VAs cannot play doctor. So I still think that folks uh, should have their recommendations. And by the way, your recommendation really never expires. Although if you're going to grow, it's better to keep it up to date so you don't have to go to a a hearing just uh, to get it accepted. So... Now that Prop 215 is pretty much null and void, thanks to all the money and a top cast on the hill, AOMA, and we always say legalization is just more laws and regulations that screw us mom and pop growers. It's so sad. Although I would like to say after 52 years, I never really thought I could grow a plant myself anyway without going up for 20 years, which I've had that too. My my two cases were, both of my cases uh, were dismissed due to coming from truth and justice always prevails. Uh, and we need to breathe. Uh, I want to thank everybody for all the support. Frank Canan, Nick Moran, Liz Joy, uh, my daughter Karina is here now helping Donna. Uh, probably for Bob Jared's been here quite a bit helping us. Uh, otherwise, I just don't know how we get through uh, these health issues we're both going through, especially Donna, of course. She's actually improving a little every day. It's going to be a long, a long road to hoe here. And she knows that. She's getting a lot of good therapy from, from, uh, uh, from people coming in from the hospital. And uh, we just hope someday that she can get up out of bed and stand up and then at least get back in bed. That would be a huge step, and we feel she's really getting closer to that. And uh, how we talk about cases, uh, we know, Joe, that when you when you go federal, you're pretty much screwed. It's a shame uh, they don't allow your they don't allow your defense in, uh, and. I want to bring up Richard Hemsley here. 
Uh, he's become part of our tight circle. We're so glad to have him. He might be listening today. Uh, he fought the feds, and he won down in Sacramento, Federal Building, 501 I Street. We went for court support for him, and we wrote letters. And thank you, Dr. David Allen. Came so hard. Just a point to bring out folks when we do court support is generally just local court support with a 50-mile radius or so. It doesn't mean you can't come further, but most of the cases are uh, continuations, as was, <coughs> excuse me, as was I was going to report on the radio show last week that uh, uh, medicine, medicine for military and James Benno had uh, a hearing here last Friday, and again, uh, they were just, just dismissed, and it's still going on. Uh, and, it, and it's funny, after uh, you go on and on and on, it usually just goes away. We always bring our our 995 dismiss motion, and that's, that's what... Uh, that's what Richard did. He stood his ground federally. I was amazed how long that <clears throat> he was able to talk to that that uh, actual black judge. Good for him because he actually listened and he told Richard Hamley, if you remember I reported before, uh, Richard wanted to go pro per and Judge, the judge says uh, you have to be qualified. So we had, he had to go to two or three more hearings to find uh, GoPro Per. And what had happened? He took stood his ground, took him to trial. We always do that. Had all his discoveries. Nine nine five dismissed probable cause motion. And again, like Joe's, uh, it finally went away. He's still on probation. Uh, and, of course, while you're on probation, generally not allowed to use the medicine. And that's sad to say, but you can't get a, uh, uh, you can't get a doctor's permit uh, personally. And you, you know, we can fight that anyway. That's, that, that's not going <laughs> to – that's a dead fly. We all know that. Okay, I want to thank everybody all today uh, coming together. Volunteering can be the solution to finally end prohibition and free all our POWs, Craig Cecil, all, uh, and no one should ever go to jail for our sacred plant. Uh, we know that they're all making money on us from the border, the sheriffs, the cops, the robbers, <laughs> the judges, the DAs, Big Farm. All of them were fighting a Goliath. But if we stand our ground and come from truth and justice, it will finally prevail. I hope it's in my lifetime. Uh, I really do. Uh, well, we never know on that. I feel we're getting closer every day, and we must keep standing our ground, writing letters, and giving our support wherever we can. So come join us, thehumansolutioninternational.org, and help be the solution. You may be the next one. Thank you all today again, and don't forget to breathe. I'm ready for Willie. Thank you, Joe, and all. Great talk today. Tom, always a pleasure, and my best to uh, 
Frank and Donna and the rest of the crew out there, and uh, thank you to Mary and Lisa and everybody else who participated today, and we will see you all next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always